Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. He's a good God. You can be seated this morning. I love Easter Sunday. I love almost everything about it. The only thing I don't love about it is my wife made me wear a tie. So I just got to tell you, I haven't been on a tie in a long time. So if I pass out, it's either because I can't breathe or the power of God. I just either one. But uh, it's great. I love it. I love everyone coming to service. We get a chance to worship together. We get a chance to to, uh, spend time uh, talking about the resurrection of God. But you know what? Really, for those who know Jesus as Lord and Savior, every day we celebrate the resurrection. Amen? Every day we celebrate the risen Savior. But I'm here to tell you that as far as tree life is concerned, that we believe that God is still a God of miracles and he is alive and well today. Amen? Just in case you're wondering. And we're so blessed that you're here this morning taking time out on Easter Sunday. And if you're visiting us for the first time, we are so grateful that you chose to be here this morning. We want to welcome you out next week. You saw, you can go online and see uh, Guest Cookout just to get a little bit more information about who we are. We'd love for you to come out and be a part of that. But it is great to join everybody this morning to celebrate the resurrection. But I want to tell you that we're not just here to celebrate an event that happened 2,000 years ago, although it's amazing. And we talk about the, uh, the crucifixion and the death, burial, and resurrection. We, we celebrate events that happened 2,000 years ago, and we're like, that's awesome. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus rose again. We're here not to just celebrate an event. We're here to experience the reality of it today in our hearts and lives. Amen? We're here to experience the resurrection power that's still available for you and I. And I love that about Easter. In fact, of all the miracles in the Bible... And there are a lot of them, and there's some amazing ones. I mean, dead being raised to life, people, uh, uh, blind eyes being open, uh, people that can't walk walking, uh, people that can't hear hearing, all kinds of things. But you know, the greatest miracle of all, the greatest miracle of all in the scripture is the resurrection of Jesus. I, I mean, it just has to be if you think about it. In order for there to be a resurrection, there had to be a death. And in order for there to be a death, there had to be a sacrifice. And really the sacrifice of Jesus was the only sacrifice there could be to free humankind, humanity. In fact, it had to be the spotless lamb, if you will. It had to be the one that was sinless in all his life. That's the only way the price could be paid for everybody else. And then to willingly give his life as a sacrifice when he didn't do anything wrong. That in itself is a miracle, can I tell you? I mean, I don't know people that would do that. But Jesus did. And then go to a grave and defeat hell and death and then rise again in power and in might and release that to everyone who would call upon them. There just can't be a greater miracle than that, than the Savior going to the grave and coming again for everyone that would call upon the name of the Lord. I love that. We don't serve a dead God. He is alive. And really, I just want you to know this morning, there is more to Easter than you probably think. So let's take a look in Romans 8. Let's start right there this morning. I titled my message this morning, The Miracle of Easter. I, I got to tell you, I had a hard time just coming up with titles. And, and, and originally, I was going to uh, title, uh, you know, Miracles from Heaven, but then some movie stole my name, my title name. I don't know. And, so I had to change and make an adjustment to accommodate them. But uh, last week we talked about uh, God bringing dead things to life. And then next week we're jumping into our series on miracles. And so I just want to encourage you to come back and let's talk about the miracle working power of, of, a, of our God that's still alive. And so this morning we're going to take a look and start in Romans 8. Let me read that for you. Romans 8, New Living Translation says this, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. 
Can I tell you, that's enough to celebrate right there. I mean, we could rejoice, sing another song and go home and have had an amazing Sunday. God has more in store for us. But can I say that we need to read it this way? It's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same power, think of it like this, the same amount of power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead dwells in you, amen? I don't know what that must have looked like power-wise, maybe all power of heaven, all power of God to raise Jesus from the dead. But whatever that was, this scripture says it's the same that can operate in your life, amen? And it also says to me that it wasn't a one-time event. It is an everyday, all the time, anytime event. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, he is alive, his power is alive and available every single day of our lives. When we understand who he is and who he is in us, I wanna encourage you in that. It wasn't a one-time deal, it's an all-the-time deal. And here's what you need to know, God always, he always intended for his power to work in your life. Now, the best way to apply this verse, and again, we talked about that last week, we're gonna talk about next week, is to be aware of the areas in our life that Something is, is dead or dying. Something's going on. And so here's how we can look at that. Let's look at the next part of this verse. It says, and just as God raised Christ, or in the same way he raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give to your mortal bodies, to that which is in you, dead or dying. He will, in the same way he raised Jesus from dead to life, to life he will raise that which is in you. Maybe it's something in your body physically. And maybe it's, maybe it's your, your marriage that's dead and dying. Maybe you've given up hope on it or others see that's, that's over, that's, that's done. And maybe it's, it's a relationship with friends. It's a relationship with your kids. Uh, maybe it's something emotional. Maybe it's, it's you've lost your hope. Maybe your hope is gone and dead and dying. Uh, maybe your dreams are gone. Maybe you think your future, whatever that is, the Bible says that just as Jesus was raised by the power of God in the same way, God will bring that which is dead and dying in your life back to life, amen? Because of the same spirit living in you. That's good news for you and I. I love that about the power of God and him being alive. So let me say this. Today we can not only just celebrate the resurrection, but today we can also experience it, amen? Again, we didn't just come to talk about events 2,000 years ago. Come on, we could, have, we could have read about it, stayed in bed, listened to it on the radio. We probably all know that story, but what we came to do is experience the resurrection power of God, our lives for ourselves because of what God promised you and I, and it was revealed in Jesus when he came out of the grave, amen? That's good news. I don't come just to celebrate Easter. I came this morning to experience it in my own life. That's the promise of the Father. So today we can experience the the miracle of Easter, the miracle of the resurrection. Uh, Listen, we don't just sing about it. We sang some great songs about being risen. We're gonna hear great stories in the scripture. We're gonna hear about it, but you can experience it in your own life, in your own marriage, in your own body, in your own uh, 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 things that you, dreams and hopes that you have. You can experience that today. And, and, And let me say this, as great as all that is and can be, and it is, and nothing like a healing, a miraculous healing, nothing like a relationship being restored, nothing like hope coming in in our life, nothing like dreaming again, or feeling again that you have a purpose and significance when everything and everyone tells you different. Nothing like that, that's amazing. It's amazing reading those stories, it's amazing experience, but even after all that, there is something greater. There's a greater miracle. What could be greater than all that? 
Uh, let's take a look and let me set it up this morning by taking a look in Luke 10. Go ahead and turn to Luke 10. It's gonna be on the screen for you. Let me set it up. See, Jesus' ministry was just booming. Everywhere he went, people were coming and wanted Jesus to lay hands on him. He was healing the sick, casting out devils, doing miracles. Everywhere he went, the crowds became greater than his ability to get to everybody. So we know he had disciples. We know of the 12 disciples, but maybe you don't know this, but he also had 72 other disciples that he empowered to go out and do the works that he did. We need to get to more people, he said. There's more needs out there than I can personally, individually get to. So he empowered people, gave them his name to use, gave them the same authority. It says they turned the 72 loose. The 72 went out to do the works of Jesus and they returned with him with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And it's almost like they're surprised. I was like, everything you said is really working. I mean, I mean, you said this, it's true. We've experienced ourselves. With that same power that you gave us, that same authority that's ours, we went out to do your works and the same results happen. They, even they submit to your name, which is pretty amazing. Then he goes on, they go on to say this. And he replied to them, of course it's true. I mean, I was with God from the beginning. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I saw Lucifer rise up against God and challenge him. And can I say this morning that in case you're here thinking that the devil has some kind of greater power than God, God dismissed him like a bolt of lightning that quick. Can I just tell you, there was no battle. There was no fight. I don't know, I don't know what you've been told or what you've experienced in life, but the devil does not have greater power than God, all right? He is a defeated foe. And just like you would maybe go out and see a bolt of lightning happen that quick, that's how easily God just brushed him off. There wasn't a fight or a battle. It was just in a moment he was just sent to the earth because we serve a powerful God, amen? And he says, of course those things happen. And he goes on to say this. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And to which we would say, man, that's awesome. That's great. They must have experienced great things. They must really be excited. This is awesome. But then listen to what he says next. He says, however, and before you get caught up in all these earthly things happening and all the stuff that you're doing in life, you're accomplishing, you're overcoming, you're seeing great miracles here on the earth, you're seeing great natural things uh, be changed by the power and authority of God, that's great. But however, I want you to know something, he says, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that, come on, your names are written in heaven, there's a greater miracle, and that is the hope of heaven for you and I, Amen. Come on, we all want and long for a miracle here on the earth and he is a miracle working God, but I'm here to tell you this morning, the miracle of Easter is that there is a greater miracle and that's your names can be written in heaven, amen. And when you know your names are written in heaven, there's a hope inside of you that you can just live life differently. You can live life differently because of the Easter miracle, the resurrection miracle, the, the miracle of heaven, that your name can be, if it's not, but it can be written in heaven. He said, everything else is great, but do not forget what the greatest miracle of all is. That your name can be written in heaven. And we know it can be true because of the resurrection of Jesus. The greatest resurrection is not the resurrection of earth things. It's the resurrection that one day will leave the pain, the hurt, the sorrow, the sadness, the suffering, the disappointment, the rejection, the depression. We'll leave all this behind on this earth and we'll spend eternity in God, where there, with God where there is no sorrow or sadness or mourning, amen? That we're here just temporary. If your name is written in heaven, that's the greatest miracle of all. And just like, just like Jesus died one day, 
Just like when Jesus died one day, one day we'll die, you and I. In fact, studies show, scientific studies, I've read all the statistics and reports say, one out of one die. <laughs> Just in case you were wondering, I mean, one out of one, I read it, one out of one die. And that sounds kind of pretty sad. Come on, Pastor, that's not very positive on Easter Sunday. I'm sorry, but can I say this? I'm positive one out of one die. There's no way around that. But isn't it good to know because of the miracle of Easter that our name can be written in heaven, amen. And life is not over when this earth is over for us. It's not, it's not, that's the miracle. The reason why it doesn't sting us as much, if you will, is because we know there is more to life than just this life we're living. Now understand that Jesus talks about this all the time. I mean, when you read through the scripture and the stories of Jesus, he's always redirecting our focus, energy, and attention to this fact that this earth earth is just temporary. The greatest miracle is that our names are written in heaven. And he tells us, he tells us in the scripture, he tells us, don't put all your energy and focus on yourself. Now that's a good thing. He says, take care of yourself. Take care of your temple. Take care of your body. That's that's why we need to exercise and eat right. That's why we go to the doctor. That's why we wear a seatbelt. And that's why we, we do things to go to great care to take care of, of our well-being. And he talks to us in the scripture and he says, don't just focus, those are good things, but don't just put all your energy and focus on protecting the earthly stuff, your earthly existence. And in fact, he says, you need to put at least as much into your heavenly existence as you do your earthly existence. And when you do that, you put as much focus, energy, and attention to your heavenly existence, your life will be better. Uh, let me give you an, an, an example and so he talks about um, all the things and, and, and the miracles that happen. And he draws our attention to something one day when the disciples come. The disciples have been out and they come back to Jesus and actually they had a rough day. We read the scriptures where they kind of had a tough time and maybe they're kind of overwhelmed and, and maybe they're kind of hanging their head and kind of, kind of a downer kind of attitude. They, they come to Jesus and it had been a rough day. And so look what he says in John 14, starting in verse one. Here's what he says. Do not let your hearts be troubled. He could tell when they came, just something, you can see some, something's wearing on somebody. Someone's bothering, how was your day? Just, ah, uh, you know, hanging your head a little bit. What's going on? And he says, don't let your heart just be troubled. I know something's going on with you. You believe in God, also believe in me. He's saying, trust me. Hey, hey guys, trust me. Come on, pick your head up. Now, what would you expect the next scripture to be? I mean, I would normally think, well, then Jesus kind of maybe put his arm around them and just passed away. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Hey, okay, this is just one day, but there's more to come. It's gonna get better. Or maybe he lined them up and, and just went to pray for them. I pray for a spirit of refreshing to come on you. I pray for your countenance to be lifted. Uh, maybe he got them all in a circle and they held hands and sang kumbaya around the campfire or whatever. I don't know. That's kind of what I would expect. That Jesus would give them a peck talk and lay hands on them and help build their spirits, refresh them somehow, some way through the power of the Holy Spirit. But look, look what happens here in the scripture. He immediately redirects their attention to heaven. And he doesn't give them the pep talk we would expect. He doesn't lay hands on them for a big spiritual refreshing or revival. How he handles their earthly challenge, he points them heavenward. He says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you so that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. You know what he says? He doesn't try and address their now and try and pick up and build up their now. He says, you don't necessarily, I'm not trying to give you necessarily a better now. I'm giving you a better place. And he says, I got a place in heaven. One day you're getting out of here. And he says, this life is like a vapor, like a mist, a blip on the radar screen. And in fact, a vapor would be if you've ever boiled like a, it literally means this, if you've ever boiled like a pot of water on the stove and, and you start seeing the steam rise, you just, it's there, it's gone, it's there, it's gone. He says, that's life. 
He goes, listen, let's not just focus on the now. I got a better place for you. I got a hope for you beyond this natural earthly thing. I got an eternity for you that's a whole lot longer than the short time that you're living here on the planet. I love that about about God, about Jesus. He redirects us and gets our focus off of earthly things onto eternal things. And I love that he's constantly speaking to our heart and our life about the hope that is to come. Here's what I want you to know. Jesus offers more than a better now he offers a better place. Now, I love him working in the now, but I'm thankful that no matter what happens, and maybe the now doesn't work out like I had hoped or thought it would, but I'm thankful for no matter what, I have the ultimate victory, and it's a place called heaven, amen, that my name was written in heaven. That's the miracle of Easter. That's the greatest miracle of all. What I want for us is to make sure that we get that. I don't want us to miss it. When you have hope, it changes how you live on the earth. It changes how you live on earth. In fact, let's take a look at John 11, 25 through 26. Here's what it says in 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. He doesn't say that you can just have a resurrection or experience a resurrection. He says, that's who he is. That's what he does. That's who he is in our lives. That's who he can be for you. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Now listen to what he says. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies. And I thought, that's kind of a downer right there. What, die? I don't want to die. I mean, that was positive. You had me right there. You are the resurrection. I want life with you. What? You had to talk about dying then? I don't want to talk about dying. But you know what Jesus, Jesus was saying here? He says, death cannot conquer you. Death cannot defeat you. Death cannot hold you back. Death has no power over you. He says, because he is the resurrection. That there is uh, something in us that has a greater power than death in our life. He says, the good news is that you cannot be defeated. Even though you die, you are gonna live. Amen? You know, there's another place in scripture where he says, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, grave, where is your sting? Or death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? He says, it may sting a little bit. He says, but you know what? He goes, there's a greater miracle that can happen in your life, and that is the miracle of heaven, the miracle of Easter. And he says, do you believe this? Goes on to say, And whoever lives by believing in me, he will never die. Do you believe this? He's asking him. That's what I want us to settle today. I want you to settle today. I don't know how long you've wandered with or without God. You need to settle the fact that he is the resurrection and our hope is in our eternity. And I'm here to remind you that even though we're feeling the pains and hurts of earth, even though we feel the sting of earth, even though we feel the discouragement and disappointment of earth, I now realize a lot of us feel the sting of earth. And it seems like, honestly, it seems like earth is getting worse. And guess what? It is. (laughs) Turn on the TV, it is, and it's gonna get worse. But in the middle of that, I believe God would say, I still intervene. I still work. There is an earth resurrection available for your marriage, for your life, for your body, for your relationships, for your mind, for your emotions, for your finances. There's an earth resurrection available, but it's not the greatest one. No matter what, there's a greater miracle available to you, and it's the hope of heaven. I remember, um, well, just this January, at the end of January, my wife and I were in uh, Tulsa. I had the privilege and honor of speaking at a conference, and, and Tulsa is about 90 miles from Joplin, Missouri, and I, I have a lot of family from Joplin, Missouri, and on my dad's side. My dad has all kinds of family in Joplin, Missouri, and the rest of my mom's side, Kansas City. And so we were just 90 miles away. We had a friend that pastored, so we went to visit him, and I had the privilege of speaking at his church. But I love going to Joplin, and maybe it doesn't sound very exciting, but, but that's where my dad's side of the family's from, so it's a lot of reminiscing 
Because I remember as a kid, we'd go to my grandma's and spend the summer there. Every Sunday, she'd take us to church with my great-grandparents. And we would go to the Second Assembly of God Church on Schiffendecker Drive. And right by there was the, the, the cemetery, uh, the Schiffendecker Cemetery right there. And that's where my grandparents are buried and my great-grandparents. I mean, you can go through the Duncan and Messer history and see a bunch of people buried in there. And so when I'd go as a kid, um, we didn't get to go to Sunday school class. That was for kids. We had to go to Sunday school class with my grandma. I mean, can you imagine a little kid sitting in grandma's Sunday school class? You know, it's not very exciting, right? It's like, seriously, and my brother and I, we'd get in so much trouble, she'd always pinch us. It's like, quick, you know, and then we'd go, quick, grandma. <laughs> it just got worse from that point on. you think we would learn, right? And so, and then we'd sit in Sunday school class and not understanding it and just get bored out of our minds. And then, uh, and then we'd go into the main sanctuary. And so again, we wouldn't necessarily understand the things that were being taught. And, but uh, I do remember the praise and worship in the Assembly of God Church. Uh, but here's what I remember. I remember, I remember getting the hymnal out, right? I mean, we'd have a hymnal and they'd say, get your hymnal and turn to hymn. 213. They didn't even tell the name of the hymn. That was just, they call out numbers, right? 115, 213, 79, or whatever. And so we'd open up the hymnal and we'd sing songs and we'd sing songs in, in the Second Assembly of God Church back in my grandparents' day like this. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll shout the victory. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about in that song? Come on. <laughs> You know what I remember? I remember those songs were all about heaven. It seems like they're all about heaven. You know why? It's because their hope was not in earthly things. Their hope was in the miracle of heaven that one day we're out of here. I, I, I remember, I remember uh, songs, one glad morning when this life is over. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I'm not singing anymore. You can quit clapping. Unless it's applause, then I'll, then I'll take it, but... I remember singing those songs. And it's like, everything was about heaven. Is it not true that it seems like the generations before our generation had a better understanding of heaven? And it seems like their hope is in heaven. It seems like what we're working on today in today's world, in today's generation, we're trying to build our home here on earth. And earth is letting us down and earth is discouraging and earth is changing constantly and it's not getting any better and it's not gonna. But oh, if we could go back to what our grandparents and great-grandparents knew, we need to remember that our hope is in heaven, amen? Our names can be written in the book of life. Seemed like they lived their life differently. They, they worked so hard to keep their hope in heaven and we worked so hard to keep it here on the earth. Maybe we could learn something from the generations that have gone on before. Because honestly, it seems like we're getting further and further away from that idea. But the reality is the greatest miracle of all that could ever happen is having your eternity in heaven. That's where our hope lies. And, and it helped them while they're here on the earth. And understand Jesus died and rose again so we can have that same hope in heaven. It's the ultimate resurrection. The miracle of Easter. I, I know I want a miracle on the earth. I know I need God to intervene in my life. I know that we all could use a miracle here in our natural lives here on the earth, but there's a greater miracle. And that is having a hope and a future in heaven. First Thessalonians 4.13 says this. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. Listen to the words, those who sleep in death. You know, when you have a hope in heaven or when you read the scripture, their perspective is about death is never final. It's like you're sleeping. And it's like, it's not the, the real uh, life that is intended for you. It's temporary here on the earth. 
and look at the perspective of heaven that you're just sleeping. That's not the real life. And it goes on to say this in the next verse. So that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. And can I say this? Listen, I grieve. I, we have lost. My, my, my mom and my sister came back last weekend from a, a funeral of a, a family member, an uncle. We, we grieve over that. I mean, we have real hurt and real pain. But we don't grieve like the world grieves. We don't grieve as those that have no hope. See, the power of hope when you know that your eternity is in heaven, when your name is written in heaven, you don't grieve like the world grieves. Your hope is in your heaven and you know that there's a reunion one day. But too many people, their hope is in this earth and so there's a lot of hurt and sadness and pain. And listen, I understand that when we lose somebody but we don't live there. We have a hope that picks us back up. We have a hope that causes us to live different. We have a hope that because our name is written in heaven and those that have gone on before, their name written in heaven, that there's a reunion one day. It goes on to say this. For, and here's why. Here's why we have hope. Listen to this. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. What a powerful declaration. Amen. Hey, let's all read that together. Ready? Go. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. That's why we have hope. That's why we can hope in tomorrow. That's why we have a hope for the future. It's because we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And if we have physical pain in our body that needs to be resurrected, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. If we have a marriage that's ending or failing in hurt and pain, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Amen? And it goes on to say this. And so we believe that God will bring, oops, let's back up for a second. So we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep. I like that. Death is never final for those who believe that Jesus died and rose again. And then if you go down to verse 18, here's what it says. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I love that. That's what my hope this morning is, to encourage you with those words that we believe that Jesus died and rose again. You know, I face situations all the time as a pastor and people are calling me up and saying, Pastor Don, I got this report for the doctor. Sometimes I don't know what to say to him, but you know how I can encourage him? We believe that Jesus died and rose again. Don't lose hope. Sometimes people talk about, I think our marriage is over. We're both done. I, sometimes, how do, how do you talk to that? I, sometimes I don't know. It's just like, I don't know what to say, but you know what I do know is we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Don't give up hope. My kids, are just, they, they, they've left me and they, and they won't call me, they won't talk to me, and I, I don't know what. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. Come on, church. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. Therefore, we are those that have hope, not those that have no hope. And yes, pain is real and it hurts and I cry and we grieve, but we believe that Jesus died and rose again. The resurrection miracle, the Easter miracle. You know, I, my, as I said already earlier, my uh, mom and my sister went to uh, Chicago. We had family that passed away. And so not all the family, they come from all over. Not all the family believes exactly the way that we believe. And, you know, people grow up different, different ideas and mindsets. And so they were having a service and a memorial service. And so they asked my mom to open in prayer and they asked my uh, sister to sing. And so, and by the way, my sister's a beautiful singer. I work with her a little bit more. She'll get up to me, but uh, she's a beautiful voice. <laughs> I'm working with her. And uh, so my mom opens in prayer and just this prayer that God really spoke to her heart. Just, it was, it really was the, those two things were really the opportunity to bring God into the, into the event, if you will. And so God just really speaks through my mom and she prays this prayer and it's family and people that she knows, some of the, some of the, I don't know, but her sisters and brother-in-laws and, 
And so, and we have cousins. And then my sister sings after that, sings Amazing Grace, just beautifully. It was so anointed, they said. And so after that, people are just crying and they're just weeping because of the anointing and their, their hearts were touched so much. The rest of the service kind of centered around different things. But afterwards, as my mom's retelling the story, went to lunch the other day, that family members are coming up and saying, that was so powerful and that just really touched my heart and it just gave us some hope. And one of my cousins in particular uh, sat down with my mom and just started um, asking about my father. My father this year will be gone about 20 years. He's actually the, the founder of the church and so he's been gone almost 20 years. And so, um, so family that separated that far don't get together that much. So he said, can you just tell me some things about Uncle Don? Can you just tell me a story? My, my father served two years in Vietnam, two tours in Vietnam. So he said, tell me what that was like. And so my mom says, well, I don't really have a Vietnam story for you. My dad rarely talked about it. In fact, you'd hear more from the pulpit than you would just in conversation. And um, so she began to tell the story. Let me tell you what happened after he came back from Vietnam. They were married before he left. And he went just as a young man serving his country. He volunteered. And we're so thankful for the people in our country that volunteer and serve us. Amen. Aren't you glad for all of those in the military? Thankful for them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your sacrifice and your serving. So she said when he came back, he was completely different. He had lost his innocence. He'd seen things that really people really don't need to, shouldn't see. And, and we understand that in all the conflicts and wars since then, we have young men and women that come back with that. And he just struggled with adjusting back to regular life. And they didn't necessarily diagnose PTSD back then. They do now and some of the things associated with it. But he really struggled with a lot of things. And, and he tried to fill that with some other things. He did some drinking and some other things. And, uh, but, but yet he really struggled with life, trying to manage his, his heart, his emotions with earthly things. He just tried to cope and tried to adjust uh, based on earthly things. And he had been saved as a kid at the Second Assemblies of God Church in Joplin, Missouri. And so he got a job as he got out of the military and he was a salesman and he was a very good one. And he had a particular client that was actually for the company he worked for was the biggest client. They put the most orders in. They spent the most money with the company. And my dad was the company rep to this client. And this client was saved and knew Jesus and would share with my dad, kind of witnessed to him all the time. And, and it just drove my dad crazy because he didn't want to hear any of that. I don't want to hear any of that. You know, I just, I'm trying to figure out my life. I'm trying to get life along. And, and so it would kind of make him feel a little guilty and he didn't want to be around that. And so one day he decided he just wasn't going to go to that, that, that customer anymore. I'm just not going to go there. So, so he calls the company and says to his boss, I'm just not going to go there. Let's give the biggest account. Let's give it to somebody else. Cause I just don't want to go there. That guy preaches to me all the time and I just don't need to, I don't want to hear that. And so the, my dad's boss calls the, the customer and says, well, Don's not going to come anymore. We got another rep coming your way. And the guy says, no, I want Don Duncan or I'm canceling all my orders with you and I'll take my business elsewhere. <laughs> so my dad's boss calls him up and says, you're going or you're not working here. And so my dad's like, man, I got to put food on the table. What I do? So he gets in the car and he's just dreading this encounter because the guy keeps sharing Jesus with him. So on the way there, he just is so overwhelmed with conviction. He had struggled with adjustments back from Vietnam and, and life and things he tried to place in that void that weren't going to ever meet it. And all of a sudden he just got to this point. He couldn't take it anymore. On the way to see this guy, he pulled the car over to the side of the road, got out, fell to his knees and said, God, if you're real, I surrender my life to you. I can't keep living this way. I can't go on any longer. If you're real, I surrender it all. I give it to you. I give up control of my life. I give myself completely to you. Take over. I'm yours. Anything and everything, I'm yours, God. 
in that moment, in that moment, everything changed. Everything changed in his life. All of a sudden, his heart and life was flooded with hope, and he got up off his knees on the side of a highway and on a busy road on his way to client. He got up off his knees, totally changed because of the hope that flooded his heart and his soul. You know, and here's what he realized. He goes, God doesn't want my religion. He wants my relationship. God wants me to give control to him, to go all in. And what God did in exchange for all that for my dad, he replaced the hope that passes all understanding. He replaced with a hope that's anchored in heaven, not on these temporary earthly things. That's the miracle of Easter. Changed his life forever because when you have the hope of eternity, you live differently. And can I say Tree of Life Church will celebrate 35 years in August and we're here because of the hope that my dad got a hold of. Amen? The hope that he got a hold of. Everything changes. The sting of earth is horrible. But when you have hope, hope changes everything. And I know we, I know we all have stuff that's going on because we're on the earth and that's just life. And I know we all want things to work out while we're here on the earth. And I know God will do that. I know God will intervene. But I also know that if he doesn't for whatever reason and things don't turn out the way that we want or expect, I know it's not over because my hope is in heaven. My name is written in heaven. That's my hope, my miracle. I know this, that God is a faithful God and he is a good God. And when you have the hope of eternal life, you have the ultimate resurrection and nothing can ever defeat you. So here's what I want you to know this morning. If you believe on Jesus, earth is as close to hell as you'll ever get. If you believe on Jesus, earth is as close to hell as you'll ever get. It only gets better. Come on, can I have an amen? It only gets better. Amen. Man, I'm thankful for that. But listen, if that's true and it is, then the opposite's true. The opposite's true then. If you haven't believed on Jesus yet, earth is as close to heaven as you'll ever get. And it only gets worse. That's reality. If you haven't believed on Jesus yet, if your name is not written in heaven yet, earth is as close to heaven as you'll ever get. It does only get worse. But because of the resurrection of Jesus, you can have new life, the greatest miracle of all. And your name too can be written in heaven. I love that. First John 5, 13. We're getting ready to close. Let me give this to you. These things have I written that you may know. See, you can know that your name is written in heaven. And wouldn't it be great to know for sure wouldn't it be great instead of living with questions and doubt and wondering that you can know, you can know today that your name is written in heaven. You can know that you have eternal life, even unto you that believe on. Here's how I can know. I need to believe on the name of the Son of God. And I chose this translation for a purpose, and we've been singing about and talking about believing in, and that is appropriate, but Jesus doesn't want us just to believe in him. He wants us to believe on him. And listen, churches and life are full of people that believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that believe God is God, but yet they don't go any farther than that. Churches are full. People are, our, our society, our culture, our nation is full of pe people that believe that, that God can do the miraculous, but they don't go any farther with that. There's a difference between believing in and believing on, and I want to share a story to kind of illustrate that. Because we need to know that he wants more than just believing in. He wants you to believe on. 
early 1800s in France. A little boy, Charles London, or Blunden, was born there. And at five years old, his parents sent him to an acrobat school. Wanted him to learn something that might make some money for him and the family. And so he learned and he actually became one of the best, one of the best performers. He especially excelled in tightrope walking. And so he became so good, there was nobody his equal. He decided to move to America, I think in 1830, 1831. He moved to America. He thought he could make more money there. And he moved to Niagara Falls, New York. And so you can imagine what's coming up next. He was the one to string a wire across Niagara Falls, 130 feet in the air. If he fell, he would die. If he didn't die from impact, he'd be swept over the falls. And so crowds would gather and he would walk across that wire and he would do it in a sack and he would do it hopping. He would do it pushing a wheelbarrow. He would do it about any way, juggling about any way you can imagine. And at some point in time, it just got kind of boring. And he was always looking to see how can he up his game a little bit. People were kind of getting bored. And then one day he came to the side before he started walking across. And he said to everybody, how many think I can walk across this wire? And the crowds just cheered. And he says, how many people think I can walk across this wire carrying somebody on my back? And they just cheered and shouted. In the midst of the cheering and shouting, he said, who will volunteer? And it became silent. <laughs> and you know what I love about that story? I think really that's faith. That's faith. See, a lot believed he could do it, but few would take the risk of being the person on him. See, faith in God is very much the same. You just can't believe he did it. He's looking for you to take another step. He's not looking for people just to believe in him. He's looking for people who will believe on him. And that's why they call it faith. Faith is a risk. He's looking for those who will say, I'm a little scared. It looks a little shaky. I know this is a risk, but I'm putting my life on your back. I'm climbing on board with you. I'm surrendering my life and my future to you. Take me wherever you take me. I know it's a risk and it's a little shaky and I'm scared, but I trust you. I'm gonna get on your back and I'm gonna be on you. I trust you with my life. I surrender it all to you. And that's what he's looking for. And that's the miracle of Easter the miracle of Easter. I trust you. If you do, you'll feel the hope in the only one who died and rose again. The only one. The only belief system that can claim there's an empty tomb because of the resurrection. It's the miracle of Easter. And let me give you that chance to not just believe in him, but to believe on him this morning. See, we didn't come just to celebrate Easter. We didn't come just to celebrate the resurrection. We came to experience it firsthand in our lives. That we can experience the hope of heaven. And he's just asking to put your life on him, to surrender. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My heart, my hope this morning is that through the word of God that you'll see that God loves you so much. The miracle of the resurrection is his expression of love and commitment for you, for a better life, for old things to be passed away, all things to become new, for dead things to come to life again. What it requires from you and I is not just believing who he is, but putting our faith, our trust on him, believing on him. In just a few moments, I'm gonna pray a prayer of commitment because the Bible says to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you shall be saved. It seems so simple, And it is because God doesn't want anyone to miss out. Man makes it complicated. But God made it simple because he wants everyone to have their name written in heaven. 
In just a moment, like I said, I'm gonna pray this commitment prayer. And I'm gonna ask everyone to pray it together. We're all gonna pray it together out loud. But if you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor, you know what? I wanna believe on him. I wanna make sure my name is written in heaven. I want to experience, not just hear about and celebrate, I want to experience the miracle of Easter, the miracle of heaven, the miracle of the resurrection, the greatest miracle of all, and that is my life being changed and my eternity being in heaven. And if you're here this morning and you cannot remember a moment in time that you've personally, intentionally invited him in, him, Jesus, if you cannot remember asking him to come in and be your heart, your Lord and Savior, maybe at grandma's one summer you're not sure and you wanna be sure, you wanna know this morning, then I'm just gonna ask you this, if that's you, and you would say, Pastor, could you include me in that commitment prayer? I just ask that just raise your hand. I'm not gonna have you stand up or come up front. Just let me see your hand. Raise your hand. Come on, raise those hands. Hands all over. Come on, raise those hands. This is the day. Experience the resurrection. Raise those hands. Experience the miracle of heaven. We're talking about your name being written in heaven. Don't go one more day. Put your life on his back. Anybody else, raise your hand. Hands all over the room. Hands all over the room. Hands all over the room. Today is the day you experience the resurrection. Anybody else, as I look around, raise those hands. And maybe you're here this morning and you can keep raising And Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, you know what, pastor, I prayed that prayer. But it seems like he's a million miles away. Let me encourage you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. But we do things that kind of get off course a little bit outside of the plan and purpose of God. And if that's you and you know you need to make a course adjustment or rededicate or recommit maybe is what we would say. If that's you and you'd say, I need to make a course adjustment. I need to rededicate, recommit my life. Could you include me in that prayer, Pastor? Let me see your hand as well. Let me see your hand this morning on Resurrection Sunday. Thank you. Hands all over, hands all over, hands everywhere. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Most importantly, God sees your hands. God sees your hands. All right, everyone put your hands down. Everyone look up. As I said, we're gonna pray a prayer of commitment in just a moment. And I'm gonna ask everyone to pray this prayer with me. Whether you raise your hand or not, let's all pray it loudly together. But the real power in our prayer is attaching our heart to it. Because God sees our heart. And when we pray this prayer to him out of our heart, he comes to do only what he can. Change and transform us from the inside out. Only God can do that. So when we pray this prayer, I'm asking you to pray with all your heart and let's let God be God this morning and change us and transform us. Just like he said, that resurrection power coming into our heart and our life. Old things pass away, all things become anew, our names being written in heaven. So if you would repeat this prayer after me, but mean it from the bottom of your heart, let's let God be God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is your son. Sent to the earth to die on a cross, to pay for my sin, and then go to a grave and rise again in victory. So Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for dying. Thank you for paying for my sin. And thank you for rising again so I can be free. So Jesus, I ask you now, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Savior and Lord, now and forever. I receive you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God's a good and faithful God, amen. He loves you. He loves you. You can trust him with everything. Surrender and jump on his back. He'll take you amazing places. I love that. So many names were just now written in heaven. 
experiencing the resurrection. Amen. So we want to say congratulations. And if you just prayed that prayer for the first time or rededicated, there's a card on the seat back in front of you, a connect card. If you just take a few minutes and fill that out for us, put that in the bucket when it comes by shortly. We promise not to harass you, bombard you, try and recruit you for this church. You didn't join a church, you joined the family of God. But you're starting a new life, a new adventure, and there's great things for you. You need to know what's next. What's the next step? What does God have for me? How can I walk in that? How can I fulfill it? And you saw things like life groups and growth track announcements, and you can get plugged into those and then walk out an amazing life with God. He is a faithful God. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.